Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. about seeking first the kingdom of God. And we've, we've, we've talked about this idea that where, where Jesus says, hey, listen, if you take care of my kingdom, I'll take care of yours. But you have to make my kingdom the priority. That means my principles, my rules, my reign, uh, my influence, my will, all of those things. You're seeking that first above everything else. And God says, I'll take care of the rest, which takes a lot of trust. And the next week, we, we kind of ventured into a conversation about you know, Jesus, again, talking about the kingdom, and we're talking about little children, and he talks about how, hey, listen, if you don't enter the kingdom of God like, or if you don't approach the kingdom of God the same way that children do, then you're not going to enter it. You're not going to walk in it. You're not going to, you know, see the fulfillment of it. And so there's something about the attitude of little children that makes a significant difference in the way that we approach the kingdom, the way that we approach God. And so we talked a little bit about simple faith, for example, just simply believing. And I hope that word was an encouragement to you. Well, I want to pick up another part and I want to actually build on what I shared a couple of weeks ago about simple faith, because sometimes there's a, a point in our journey of believing God for something. It's, it's the wait zone, right? Like a lot of life is really about walking and waiting, Right. We walk in obedience to what God has called us to in the way of, you know, uh, uh, career, you know, what God wants us to do in the way of ministry. And sometimes we walk into things that life brings challenges, health issues, uh, challenges with our finances, uh, trying to make decisions. And and then when we take steps of faith that we believe that God's calling us to, we're in that wait period, that unknown. And that's where things get a little sketchy. That's where things get a little more difficult. This is where really, you know, that test in the midst of that trial and that tribulation, because, you know, the truth is, is that obedience does not equal avoidance. Just because we obey God doesn't mean that we're not going to face trial. Just because we obey God or walk out his word doesn't mean that we're not going to have or suffer through some type of tribulation. That's a part of it. Jesus said, look, that that just comes with life. That just comes with the territory. But it's how we wait that makes a significant difference. And I want to pick that up today as we look at Philippians chapter 4 because Paul gives us a little insight on a secret. And so I want to tell you the secret today in the way of seeking first the kingdom and waiting out or waiting through those moments until God brings an answer. And Philippians chapter 4 makes that very clear. He said, listen, God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. There's a truth that you want to hold on to right there. But what you do in the waiting makes all the difference in the world. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 in a second. But, but I don't know if you were like this when you were a kid. But, but I remember being dragged around like crazy as a kid. Meaning like to every shopping mall, uh, to church, every time the door was open. Like, I, I got to tell you, man, I learned how to sleep under a pew really, really good, man. Like, I knew how to take good naps. Some of you are going, Pastor Craig, man, I've, I've learned how to take good naps when you preach too, man. Like, this is, 
you know, this is good, right? You know, like, but you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, it's like, and, and even as a parent now, I laugh sometimes where I'm like on the go and I'm, you know, Abby, we got to go here. So grab your iPad and jump in the van. And, and she's like, oh, Dad, I just want to go home. I just want to relax or whatever. But I remember as a kid looking at that as, oh, sweet, adventure time, right? Like, I remember learning how to just roll with it. I remember no matter where I was getting dragged, whether it was to York University, when my dad used to play hockey on sa Saturday afternoons uh, with, with a bunch of guys from the church. And so, you know, I was too young to play. And so I would literally wander around York University, I, you know, the hockey arena, and I would find stuff, whether it's climbing over, you know, mountains of snow with the, the Zamboni had made, which was my favorite thing, or, you know, looking for pucks and, and whatever. And I just made the best of the moment that I was facing, I didn't let it rattle me. I didn't, you know, let it bother me. All, I mean, sure, there were moments, but for the most part, you just saw this as, well, there's an opportunity here. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find something to do. I'm going to make the most out of it. And I'll be honest with you, some of the most creative moments was fashioned in those, those times where I was, you know, making the best of every moment while my mom and dad were dragging me around to every single play. But if I'm being honest with you this morning, to, 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 to have that kind of skill in the journey of faith, that's it right there. If we can have, if we can possess that ability to just roll with it while we're facing what we're facing, meaning make the best out of the moment, meaning instead of getting rattled, instead of getting bothered, instead of getting discouraged, instead of getting upset, and it's natural, I mean, we have those moments, but instead of that, having a different kind of a response, especially in those moments where, you know, we've asked God for something. We've walked out that step of obedience. And how many times have I heard this over the years? You know, Pastor Craig, I, I, I listened to God's word and I, and I did what God's word told me. And I took that step of faith. But like, when is this going to happen? I mean, how many of you ever said that? Right. God, when is this going to happen? And, and there are times in that journey of faith, it's like, it just seems like it's not happening. And it's certainly not happening right away. Even worse is when we've taken steps of faith and the situation that we're facing gets worse. How many have ever gone through that? Right? It's kind of like, you got to be kidding me. God, I took the step of faith. I thought this was going to get better. It's only gotten worse. There are even bigger hurdles than I had before I started. This doesn't make any sense. And then when we venture into those moments where it doesn't seem like God's doing anything or there are times where things don't happen the way that we want them to happen or it doesn't work out. How do we respond? How do we respond? Because how you and I respond in those moments, especially moments where we choose to believe for greater things, when we choose to just simply believe is a make it or break it. Because it's the one thing that will either fuel you or it'll cause you to fade away. It's the one thing that will get you through and allow you to celebrate. And if anything, I was thinking about this this morning as I was looking over my notes and, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, God, let, let's say we continue to have a response that just kind of rolls with. And what I mean by that is, are you still smiling? Are you still praising God in the midst of your storm? 
Are you and I still being able to say, you know what, I'm encouraged. I, it may not be the, the exact thing that I wanted, but man, I know that God is at work and, and I'm still, I've got my head held high. I'm not getting discouraged. I'm going to keep walking through this. And don't get me wrong, I understand because I've been there. You've been there. We've all had moments like that. But just because we have moments like that doesn't mean that's the way the moment should be. And to get us to a place where we could just roll with it and go, you know what, I don't understand it all, I'm not sure, but I'm not going to let this break my faith stride that where I'm walking consistently before God. Because here's something else that happens. Those that are around you are watching how you're walking through this, and how you walk through this might be the very thing that they need to get through what they're walking through. And if anything, sometimes we need to just kind of, you know, stick it to the enemy and say, listen, I know you want me to fail. I know you want me to fade. I know you don't want me to rejoice in the midst of my storm, but I'm going to do it because I don't want to give you anything more than you already have. You're not going to take this away from me. My God is still good. My God is still faithful. He's still my king. Nothing's going to change. I, I, did, I, I had this kind of on the, you know, the floor as far as uh, spiritually speaking, you know, uh, you know, as a director's cut. I look at messages like director's cuts and, and, you know, you start editing stuff and you put stuff away. And I was thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in the Old Testament where they were cast into this, this fire. And one of the things that they said was even if. Even if God doesn't rescue us, we're still not bowing down. Is that your attitude? Is that my attitude when we're walking through the midst of that storm? That's a great question. Because it, all, it makes all the difference in the world. Because if we don't have that attitude, we're far easier to succumb to fading away and not walking through what God wants for us. And so Philippians chapter 4, Paul shares this incredible secret. And he shares something that, that, that will help you and I not break our faith stride. And, and Paul understood this. I mean, when you think about the Apostle Paul, many of the letters that Paul wrote was sitting in prison. I'm walking out the faith journey. I'm, I'm going out to get, bring the gospel to the, you know, to the Gentiles. I mean, I've responded to the call. I've had this road of Damascus kind of experience with Jesus. And, 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 and yet, God, here I find myself inside of a prison cell. And remember, when he was in his prison cell is when he, he began to worship even more. And so in Philippians chapter 4, he speaks this word that he discovered in Christ, he says this, verse 10 to 13 says this, and it's up on the screen. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at least you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have no, you've had no opportunity to show it. And so he had a need. He was walking through something. And, and he, he knew that the church in Philippi was going to meet that need, but they didn't have the opportunity. And so there was a delay. That's something that you and I need to remember in this moment, in this passage. There was a delay. And so he's approaching this from now seeing the need fulfilled, but he remembers the delay. And he's taking the church of Philippi off of the, you know, uh, you know, as far as being responsible, it's your fault, that type of thing. He said, listen, you just didn't have the opportunity, but that's okay. Because listen what else he says. He goes on to say this, that I'm not saying this because I am in need right now. But he says, for I've learned to be content with whatever my circumstances 
I'm, I've learned to be content regardless of what I'm facing. I've learned to be steady, relaxed. I, I, I just, that's content, right? Like just content, man. I'm just, I'm good. I'm good. You know, as a kid, I remember there were times where my dad be playing hockey and I'm just sitting out and, and enjoying a hot, you know, hot chocolate. I know I'm not at home. I'm not in front of the TV and whatever. And, and I'm just, I'm content. And Paul says, listen, I know what it's like to have need. He goes on to say this. He goes, listen, I've learned to be content with whatever my circumstances. I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being Content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or in plenty or in want. For I can do, verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything. If there's another way to write this, I can face everything. I can handle everything because of Christ who gives me strength, which means he gives me provision. But, but let me take it a step back for a second, because Paul says, I've learned uh, the secret of what it means to be content. And, and I said this earlier, you know what? We feel content when we are convinced that we possess everything that we actually need, not want but everything that we actually need in a given situation, right? That's, that's the moment you feel content. The moment that you feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm in this situation, and uh, like in me, I was content to be at the hockey arena with a hot chocolate, you know, and, and just from the vending machine. They were actually, it was back in the day when it was really good from the vending machine, you know, kind of a thing. And, and I was content. I didn't have everything that I wanted in that moment, but I was content. I made the most out of that moment because I was convinced that, you know what, at this point, I can't change my circumstances, but I'm okay right now. I've got everything that I need. That's what it means to be content. And, and that's why the word content here in the Greek means, uh, literally means contained or self-sufficient. The Greeks believed that when you were content, it's because you had something inside of you. It's what you possessed, except for them, it was something that you created. Meaning your ability to endure or to have the fortitude to get through all the things that you face is because you possessed it. But Paul had a different opinion, and, and he was in the same way. He goes, yes, you're right. You possess within you the ability, but it's not because of you, and it's not because you built something up. It's because of him. It is because Christ has strengthened you. It's because of his abilities, because of his resources, because of his knowledge, his wisdom. Everything that is about Jesus, you possess because Christ lives inside of you. It's no longer you that lives. It's Christ who lives in you. And everything that comes with Jesus and he dwells inside of you is yours. And so Paul says, listen, whenever I'm facing, that's the secret. Whenever I'm facing all that I'm facing, the ability to navigate through difficult situations, the, the ability to, to carry out the weight of the trial that I'm facing or while I'm sitting inside the prison, maybe you can relate to Paul today. Maybe you're walking through a decision and you're like, man, I don't know how, I don't know how to decide on this. 
Or maybe there's something in the way of a relationship. Maybe there's something in the way of a trial that you're facing. And Paul says, listen, you have what you need inside of you. The only thing is you need to find out like I did. You need to be convinced of the fact that it's there so that when you face what you face, you can get through this still smiling, still still praising, still celebrating, still encouraged, still steady, still consistent, still strong. All of the things I know it sounds ideal, but Paul goes, guess what? I did it. I'm living proof. That you have what you have inside of you and it is all that you actually need to get through because you have Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at the Living Bible. It's up on the screen and the message. I love the way that they put this just to to bring it to a fuller understanding. The Living Bible says this, for I can do everything, that I can do everything that God asked me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. Just so you understand, it's not just strength. There's there, When you look at strength and power, it's this idea of equipping. It's, the, it's, it's, like, it's like God just gave you something, and I'm going to explain that in a second. The message says this, whatever I have and wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. You've got it inside of you. You possess it. Tell yourself, I possess it. I have it. Because that's the truth. You have all these things because of him. And the truth is, that's why. That's why we don't need to be rattled. That's why we don't need to worry. That's why we don't need to fear. That's why we don't need to have anxiety. Because everything that you need is in you if Christ is in you. And when you and I begin to understand that, it changes the way that we see or perceive the circumstance that we're facing. Now, here's what's interesting about this word. Because I know some of us are going, but Pastor Craig, I know that that's what I should be feeling. And I kind of feel guilty when I don't feel that way. Because I know what the Bible says. I know what the scripture says about this. And yet I feel this way. That's the reality. Well, here's what's interesting in the term that Paul uses here for learn. The actual word means initiation. And when you initiate something, it's generally intentional. When, When someone's going through an initiation. So basically what Paul says, listen, I've come to discover this because God has led me. Or life has led me. Or it has forced me to learn. That I can be content. I can be at peace no matter what I'm facing. And it's because of the experiences that I've had. And I've dug deep in my my faith and my relationship with Jesus. And I've called on the Holy Spirit who has taught me. The very thing that Jesus said. He said Back in the New Testament, throughout the Synoptic Gospels, how many times did Jesus say, hey, listen, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything. He'll remind you of everything that I have taught you. And so the moments that you and I face things that we just go, God, are you kidding me? And trust me, we all have them. I know we have them. I'm having them. 
And instead of getting discouraged about the delay, maybe we need to celebrate that God is using this as another opportunity through adversity to teach me that I really do have everything that I need. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them you're not a lightweight. Come on. You know, I use that expression because sometimes when I get to the gym on during the week, uh, I get told that I'm being a lightweight. And that was that's John's phrase when he thinks that I'm not trying hard enough, that I'm not lifting enough. Or, you know, he might look at me and he'll say, hey, listen, we're going to add some more weight here. And my eyes will go big and, and I'll look at him like, bro, I can't lift that. I mean, I know I look buff and everything, but seriously, man, like I can't. I can't lift that. And he'll look at me and goes, lightweight, lightweight. And in his mind, he's like, listen, the only way you're ever going to find out is if you try. And it's his way of saying, and he does the same thing with Sydney when Sydney's with us in the mornings. He'll say the same thing. Come on, lightweight. You can do more. You can do more than this. And so, you know, and I got to tell you, man, when I get on the scale, I don't think the scale would ever call me lightweight. You know what I'm saying? Like, trust me, man, like. My, my scale probably looks like I'm an entire zip code by itself. But anyways, that's a different story, you know. And so, and so you know, he'll, he'll get, come on, let's, and we'll take, I'll use the bench press, for example, and I'll get on the bench. And he'll add weight, and I'm like, dude, I can't lift this off, the, like, just off the rack alone, like, let alone bring this down to my chest and bring it back up. And, and now you want me to do it, like, three times or four times? Like, dude, I, like, I, and so, you know, I'm mentally preparing, and I'm just, you know, like, okay, man, just call in your inner strength, you know, or, well, maybe better yet, man, may I be as strong as Cora, because she's a lot stronger, you know, and, and so, you know, and I, and I start to, to do this. And in my mind, I can't do this. And all of us have those moments in our faith journey. It's like, I can't do this. God, I can't endure this. God, I can't face this. God, I cannot overcome this. I mean, how many of us said that so many times? God, this is so much bigger than me. God, I, I, even when things are going good and we're facing challenges that are good challenges that God wants us to step into, we're like, God, that's so much bigger than me. And how many times does God look at, look at us and go, lightweight? Because when I'm on that bench and I get down to a certain point and I start pushing and I don't have it, all of a sudden, and, and most of us have ever been to a gym or you've even seen a video of somebody working out because maybe that is your workout. Maybe you watch other people working out and that's your workout. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Just saying. Maybe you like, you know, like bringing food to your to mouth. That's like that's pull up. Like that, or that's, you know, like you're you're working your biceps or. You know, maybe you're one of those guys that says, hey, listen, when I get out of bed, I do half a sit-up. When I go back down to bed at night, that's the full sit-up. Maybe, maybe that's you. But if you've ever seen guys at the gym, you'll see someone behind the rack. And as I'm, as I'm trying to lift, all of a sudden, Jonathan will take, you know, and, and he doesn't take necessarily his whole hand. He'll just literally put a, a couple of fingers on either side, and he just begins, and he doesn't take off a lot of weight. He just takes up a little bit of the weight. And then all of a sudden, I find myself now with the help 
Now I have what I need in order to accomplish what I'm facing. Now, not to call, you know, John the Savior, even though he'll laugh at this in the second service. This is exactly what Jesus does. He calls us to things that are intentionally bigger than us. Or there are times where he allows us to face things that are bigger than us. Even if it's our choices. But he makes good on his promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never abandon the journey regardless of where you are. And in the moment that you need the help, in the moment that you are facing something, that adversity, that trial, as you begin to lift, as you begin to take steps of faith, as you begin to walk through it, God just comes alongside and says, you can do this. Come on. And now you're not doing it in your strength. You're doing it because of his. And you walk through that victory. And that's exactly what Paul was talking about here. He's like, listen, this is why I'm content. This is why I'm not rattled when I'm sitting in prison. Why? Because he was convinced that everything that he needed was within him. And it is. Because of Jesus. And it's in you today. That whatever I need, whatever I face, whatever I need provision for, whatever I need empowerment for. The word strength, by the way, is the word power, dunamis. And I just started thinking about the power that raised Christ from the dead. That lives inside of me. And sometimes it's it, it is a, not sometimes it is a learned. It's a learned thing. And the only way I can learn is I have to walk through it and I have to. Can I just say something about profession? And I was talking to uh, someone this week who I said, hey, how are you feeling? And they said, I'm not going to talk about how I feel. I'm just going to talk about what God is doing. Because there's this profession of faith. Sometimes it's like forgiveness, right? I've always said that forgiveness is a process. Sometimes you have to actually say it before you actually get there. Sometimes we just have to declare, no, God, you know what? I know I'm worried in this moment, but I'm not going to worry because I have everything that I need because you live inside of me to get through this. You know what, God? I know this is a deep trial. And, and, I'm, I, and I, even as I say this, I know the trials and the struggles that I go through and the things that I walk through, the things that I'm walking through even now. And this message isn't just to speak to you. As I was looking at my notes again today, I'm like, man, this is so for me right now. It's like sometimes you just got to make that, that declaration. That declaration. And trust that everything you need is within you, but not because of you, but because of Christ inside of you. And when you take the step of faith, when you take the step of faith, he just equips you with what you need to get you over and through on the other side 
to victory. I'm going to ask Karen to come back. Can I give you three more thoughts today? The three thoughts, because I, 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 I was looking through this whole passage, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get into to a lot of this because I wanted to focus in on the fact that God provides the strength. But can I give you three more things that you should be doing, that I should be doing, that Paul that help Paul learn to be content. Here's the first one. If you look earlier in Philippians chapter 4, he says, don't be anxious about everything. Right? But bring your petitions before God. You know, part of feeling secure is knowing whose arms you are in. And you're not going to know that unless you're communicating and connecting with God. Every single day, every moment that you feel like you're getting rattled, pray. He said, don't be anxious. That's why I can say this, because I know there are going to be people who tell me, man, they're going to say to me, you know what, Pastor Craig, like, it's just a reality. Worry is a part of life. I, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I don't. I, I think it's a reality. I just don't think that that's where God wants us to land. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If I really believe that, if I live that, then the very things that God says and declares in his word is not a pipe dream. It's a reality to receive and to walk into. But I've got to learn that. I've got to walk through journeys that are going to teach me that. And the next journey that I walk through, the next trial that I walk through might be a little bit more difficult than the one before. Because why? Because I think God is allowing these things happen as an opportunity through our adversity to show us you can get through this. And your testimony, your testimony, the things that I do inside your life, the victory that you walk through is going to speak to the nations. It's going to make declaration of who I am. And I go back to what we've talked about in the way of our core value, that God has called us to be a life-giving church where people matter and lives are being transformed. But listen to this. And Jesus is being made famous. And the way that Jesus, part of the way, that Jesus is made famous is when there's evidence of life transformation and the victory of God on your life and in mine. So pray every day. I know it sounds cliche, but Paul says, this is why I'm content. Because I spend time in the presence of God, and I get to know Him, and I sense His security. Second thing, he says, listen, it kind of felt weird at first when I was reading it. He said, don't think on things that are, that are not pure, that are not noble. He said, in fact, I want you to get your mind on things that encourage you. I thought that was kind of awkward because we're talking about prayer, and now all of a sudden we're switching to the mind. And I'll tell you, man, our thought life dictates a lot of our emotion. It just does. And, and can I just say this, and I said this to someone this week. I was reminded this week as I was having lunch with somebody, and I just said to them, I said, you know, we don't realize the truth of Galatians chapter 6 that talks about we reap what we sow. So if I sow into the sinful nature, I reap the sinful nature, which I reap death. But if I sow in the Spirit, if I sow God's Word, I reap that. I benefit from that. I'm not talking about positive thinking here. I'm actually talking about biblical thinking. And I'm talking about actually sitting down and saying, okay, you know what? I know what my trial is saying. I know what my mind is saying. But what does God's word say? 
was a reminder in a message just a few weeks ago that I was listening to on a podcast. Where the guy says, how did Jesus deal with the enemy in the, in the, in the wilderness and temptation? He spoke and quoted scripture. We got to defy the lie. Part of becoming content is learning the truth of God's word and reminding ourselves and putting our mind on that, not the adversity. No, God, your word says this. So I'm holding on to this because my reality right now is breaking my heart. My reality right now is discouraging me. Right now I'm anxious. But your word says don't be anxious about anything. So I'm going to hold on to that. And here's the last thing. I know I'm whipping through. I think it's verse 19. It says that he will supply all of my needs according to his resources, not mine. Paul says, man, I don't worry about it. It may not be the answer that I'm looking for, but why would I question that anyways? You ever wonder if God, the maker of heaven and earth, makes a decision or supplies something that's a little opposite of what you were thinking? Do you ever think that, do you ever think that maybe he knows better? Oh, God. This is how it should have been. And even as I'm saying it right now, I start to chuckle in my head. I'm like, so funny. Why am I worried about God? God knows better than I know. That's what I mean when I say it's, when we have the ability, that, that's what it means for me for trust, like to trust God. To trust God. Say, God, I'm just going to roll with it. That doesn't mean I'm accepting it. It just means I'm not going to let this rattle me. You're doing something. I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to walk in here on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to shout PC through just like Tara does when in the second service. You know, I'm going to come in here, and even in the midst of my storm, as heavy it is, I'm going to lift my hands in defiance of my, of my situation, in defiance of the enemy trying to, 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 to overcome me and overwhelm me and try to disappoint me and all this good stuff. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to sing louder. And I hope the person beside me doesn't mind the fact that I'm tone deaf, but I'm just going to sing it. Just going to sing it. Because you are good. You're a good, good father. You are a good God. You are strong. You are mighty. You have conquered sin and death. There is nothing that you cannot do. I'm going to make that declaration all day long. Even if my situation doesn't change right away. Even if I'm facing more hurdles than I had when I first started. I'm not backing down because nothing changes you, God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the one that calms the storm. She told me I'm going to have trials and tribulations. God says, man, this is my window. Give it to me. Let me take you through it. Would you all stand with me right now? Would you just close your eyes for a moment? And if that's you today, you're going, Pastor Craig, man, I needed, 
I need that word. That, you know, in the same way that I simply believe, I've got to simply roll with it. Help me. Help me to learn to be content. To rely on what you have placed inside of me in the midst of the waiting. I'm walking it out and I'm waiting. And if you're in a waiting pattern right now, can I just encourage you to take a step of faith this morning? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to step outside your box a little bit. That's why I asked everyone to close their eyes so nobody's looking around. Would you lift a hand towards heaven? And would you praise God just, just in your own way, whether it's words or song? And would you just begin to thank him right now that you have what you need. It is within you because he is in you. Come on. We praise you in the storm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I praise you in the storm. You see, I feel already there's something releasing in the spirit right now as you even just do that little Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.